Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Stoffer, Brendan Escott joining you. Oilers now. That's right. We opened with Opus. That's right. Opus from the mid-1980s. We're going back a little old school. The Edmonton Oilers, I'm not saying they're playing like the team of the 1980s, but they're looking pretty good. We're going to have some fun on the Monday edition of Oilers now in six minutes' time. The former Head coach, general manager, uh, he won three Stanley Cups with the Edmonton Oilers. Craig McTavish, MACT on Mondays for Contract Equipment Limited. Uh, we'll have a review of last night's game. Frank Cervalli for the horses and horse racing. Alberta coming down the pipe from Daily Faceoff at 6.05. David Staples with his own cult, the cult of hockey, following him at 6.35. You can reach us on the River Creek Resort and Casino. And speaking of the cult, Blue Oyster Cult, Don't Fear the Reaper, live at the River Creek on Thursday, January 24th. Get your tickets now at therivercreeresort.com. River Cree Resort and Casino Excitement. Bet on it. And you can text me on the Ashley Five Floors text line 7804960063. Get the new floors you always wanted. 143rd Street, 111th Avenue. Head to ashleyfivefloors.com for more information. We're on Twitter. Uh, they call it X now. Show Twitter account. At Oilers now. My personal handle, Bob underscore Stoffer. And you can reach Brendan Escott, who's a big part of the show at Brendan with two E's, Escott with two T's. Our top story, the Edmonton Oilers right here, right now, are the hottest team in the NHL. They've got the longest winning streak in the league. They've won seven straight. The top story for legacy heating and cooling, whether it's heating or cooling, you need to get it with no payments, no interest for a year. That's how you build a legacy, legacy heating and cooling. Here's the numbers. The numbers are awesome. Uh, 7-0, so they've got a you know 1,000 points, points percentage, which is best in the league. They're number one in offense, goals four per game, 4.86. They're number one in defense, goals against per game, 1.71. Their power plays at 43.5%, which, frankly, isn't that much of a surprise given what they did last year in the playoffs. Their penalty kill at 95.8%. They've given up one goal against on the PK during this seven-game winning streak. Second in the league, the Flyers are uh, 96%. 24 of 25. The orders are 23 of 24 on the PK. So, it's going good. My question for you, is it real or is it an aberration? Are you seeing enough tactical and technical things in the team? Because to me, they look... I think offensively they've realized the potential and they probably were never as bad as the 3-9-1 record indicated under Jay Woodcroft and Dave Manson. I think that's fair. The penalty killing... It's been awesome, and it hasn't been like that. They had a good penalty killing year in 1920, the first year that Dave Tippett and uh, Jim Playfair were here. The team defense, well, you tell me. You tell me what you think. You text us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. We go to a recap of last night's game, the Orders Now Audio Vault, brought to you by Direct Workwear. Check out their Direct Workwear with the new FR Parka with enhanced warming features for only $270. Cam Moon with the call last night. Oilers and the Devils for an afternoon tilt. It's jammed in front of the net. Off of Schmidt scores! Might be Connor Brown, who's got great career numbers against New Jersey. 
Schmidt misplayed oh, it in behind the net. That's going to be Connor Brown's goal. I think you might see this one come back. I think Commander Keane pushed Schmidt in goal. After video review, it's determined that the Edmonton player was in the crease causing contact with the goalie. We have no goal. You almost have to laugh. I mean, right? That's just uh, the way she's going right now. But um, for me, I think I'm, you know, I'm contributing a lot and, you know, penalty kill and other, other aspects. Ryan to Kulak, now rimmed around to Gagne. His pass to Ryan scores! Derek Ryan sneaks it in on the short side. The Oilers are up 1-0. Later in the period, obviously, going against their first line, uh, you get an ozone chance, so nice to capitalize on that. Really, really cerebral pass there by Gags to find me, and uh, a nice bounce, too. The right to dry sidle. Looks on the right wing. Back to the point, Bouchard. One-timer, scores! What a shot by Evan Bouchard, and the Oilers are up 2-0. It's just such a different power play with that guy powdering the pill from the point. As good as it was, it got better when he replaced Tyson Berry last year. You have a guy that can shoot it 90-plus every time. Shoots it towards the net, knocked away by the stick of Pickard, and a long pass up to Hyman. Almost sprung him on a breakaway. It goes deep into the devil zone. Schmid to play it, but he's got Hyman on him. They're tied up. Loose puck scores! Connor McDavid wide open in front of the net. He puts it in the empty goal. It's 3-0 Edmonton. Right back in. Coming in. Palat. Fanned on the shot. The Heischer. Across. Scores. Following up. Jesper Bride. McDavid goes after it inside the New Jersey zone. He'll get it across to Kane. He scores! Empty net goal for Evander Kane to put the Oilers up 4-1. Crowd here at Rogers Place stands up, makes some noise as the Edmonton Oilers have won seven straight. 4-1 the final here over the Devils. And how about Calvin Pickard? There we go. All right. Uh, yeah, so the Oilers get the victory. We'll, we got Craig McTavish. We're going to get to him in less than one minute's time. Chris Knobloch, Oilers head coach. He's now 10-3 and three of these comments on uh, – is he 10-3 and three or 9-3? and three? We're on seven-game winning streak. He's 9-3, nine 9-3. and, three, nine and three. Uh, He had this to say on the win streak. They're playing really well. They're feeling confident. And to say that we fixed everything is – that's that's not the case. Um, we still need to be getting better at things, and I think ultimately guys have bought in and playing well defensively. We're getting good goaltending, and um, the special teams have been definitely a, a difference maker. Darnell Nurse, meanwhile, uh, was asked, what's working so well defensively for the Edmonton Oilers? We're making teams come through five guys, and then uh, obviously our goalies have made some, some huge saves at, at big moments. And I think you know the commitment to defense throughout the whole group is you know, it's shown it's the reason why we're in the position and uh, climbing our way out of the, the spot that we were in because you know, we've really committed and buttoned down the defensive side and, and that's not so much just sitting back you know it's just playing a more simple game offensively you know sensing danger when when things aren't you know maybe gonna gonna bounce in the right direction you know, we're not taking that chance we're, we're having guys back and making teams come through five. It is 5:14 in Edmonton. New Jersey came in with the number one power play in the league. The Oilers went four for four in the PK yesterday. The rotation when you watch Connor Brown and Matthias Janmark Green react off one another, it's two guys that know how to kill penalties. Here's Brown on the PK. You know, we're killing with a lot of confidence. Even the ones that we are killing, we're finding things that we can improve on, trying to you know, add as much pressure as possible. And you know, I think that we're killing really well, and I think we can get better too. So it's a, it's a good sign. And Vincent DeHarnay uh, has taken us all, all three Oilers defense 
pairings during the seven-game winning streak are at least plus two or plus three. Every defenseman has had a good stretch here. Here's Dayernay on the Oilers' effective PK. I think we were connected. We were reading off off each other really well, and that's what we've been kind of building at, um, not being robots and not just going from point A to point B, but read, read off each other, read the play, and if you think you can go, just go, and, and putting pressure, not not giving them as much time and space. And um, I think we did a really good job. We blocked a lot of shots tonight. Uh, that's that's a key for a PK. If we don't block a lot, it's going to be it's going to be tough to uh, to be to be consistent, but uh, no, overall, I think your PQ is solid. We just got to keep building. I thought New Jersey might turn out to be the toughest game of this homestand. Like, they're quick. They they might not be playoff built necessarily because they got some smaller, faster forwards, but during the regular, I mean, they can they can get you in a hurry. Calvin Pickard got his first victory since January of 2022. He did not play a single game last year for the Edmonton Oilers. If you were in the building or you watched the game yesterday, that team was playing diving their grenade hockey for Calvin Pickard in the third period. They were fronting and eating pucks left and right. They wanted that guy to win the game. Here's Pickard on waiting to get the start. Obviously, I've been in this situation before, and, and uh, you know when your name's called upon, um, you just got to go about your business the same way, uh, whether you're playing 10 in a row or one out of 10. So, um, you know, we have a really good goalie union here. Uh, Shorty's been great for me, and, and Skins as well. So, um, you know, it's a good thing we got going right now, and we just got to keep it rolling. Here we go. Craig McTavish coming up next. It's 516 in Edmonton when we return in orders now. It is time. We are joined in studio by Craig McTavish. Mac T on Mondays brought to you by Contract Equipment Limited, Canada's premium heavy equipment dealer with rental and sales. Welcome back. It's 520 in Edmonton. Craig, the Edmonton Oilers have a seven-game winning streak. They came back from a six days off and scored two goals in the first minute against Carolina and pumped them, uh, beating them 6-1. They followed that up with a hard-fought 4-3 victory against Minnesota where Marc-Andre Fleury stood on his head. The Minnesota people were like, we could have been down 5 nothing after one here. And then last night, yesterday, against a good New Jersey team. New Jersey's got a good team. They can skate. They can score. They're deep. They got three lines. Yeah, they were playing three and four and second of back-to-backs, but the Oilers... A 4-1, relatively comfortable win. What are you seeing? Well, this is as complete of a team game as I've seen uh, in a long time here, that they can do it on a multiple diff- on multiple different levels. As you mentioned, they're doing it uh, defensively, too, which is almost uncharted territory for this team. And to me, it looks like they're playing with a lot more structure and a lot more confidence, too, as well. So... Um, you know, the questions going into the Carolina game were how was this going layoff going to affect the team? And if you think coaching is easy, you just have to go back to that interview by my old teammate and friend Rod Brindamore on the bench of Carolina where he said, we're on our way to losing 50 to nothing. He was totally horrified. He tried not to say drop three. Like he, three separate times, if that was a normal conversation, he was going to use words you can't say on TV. He held himself back. That's how he looked befuddled. He was well, such a he's such a principled guy and so disciplined that any lack of discipline or the decision making or poor decision making outside of the execution expected on the team is going to drive him right over the top and then to see the level of goaltending too they got that every mistake was pulled out of their net much like it was for the Oilers early on in the year. All right. So they're winning different ways. You like that. Seven-game winning streak. Uh, they play Chicago, Connor Bernard. We'll talk about that a little bit later on. 
you had a nine-game winning streak. It was during the two. I had to remind you, but it was yeah. during the 2000-2001 during the season. Um, let's see. You scored 8, 11, 16, 21, 25, 29, 32, 37 goals. 37 goals in those nine games. Around four goals per game. So you did score a bit. Yeah, which yeah. was a lot. For yeah, your team. well, if you're going to win, you got to put the puck in the net. It's still the singular most important thing in the game. Yeah, and you had three shutouts uh, during that stretch, and never gave up more than four goals in one game, nine games in a row. Um, I don't, but I don't know if you like when you out shoot a Minnesota forty to twenty. And again, the Oilers have had a favorable schedule. Minnesota second of a there's back. no easy nights in this there you league. Go. Like there, there, there just isn't. And maybe the toughest game of, of all is going to be tomorrow night against Chicago because, in my experience, when everything points to an obvious conclusion, you go the other way. It's just the way the game works, and it happens over and over again that one team's, you know, slightly overconfident, and uh, the other team's coming in hungry. And sometimes that's enough to turn it. I don't expect the Oilers to lose, but. There's no easy nights. The lesson okay. you learn in this game. If you look at the schedule in September, and you don't see an easy game on that schedule, you could potentially be it. <laughs> there we go. All right. Well, let's let's get back to. So they've been able to score. They led the league in goal scoring last year. Uh, they're up to six. I think I said a. I, I said before the home stand started that the Oilers were 13th in goals for. I expected the team to be 6th by the end of the homestand. While they're sitting here, they're already 6th. We know they can score. Their power play was under its greatest power play in the history of the league last year. It struggled out of the gate this year. It's now worked its way up to 4th. It's probably going to finish in the top 3. I think that's a stone-cold murder lock. They can score. I think for most of the listeners to the show, Craig, what they're seeing is what you hit on. They look different defensively. They look, um, well, first of all, they look calmer defensively. Like, and, and they are playing slightly, playing a box plus one or his own. They're using the middle of the ice in transition. Good teams use the middle of the ice because the defense are powered to make, empowered to make plays. It, and you said that's, is that a surprise for you? That, is this a short term thing? Or is this a thing where you're seeing enough from the technical side of how they're playing a game that they might be able to sustain this? And I'm not saying that they're going to have, you know, under two goals per game every game for the rest of the season. I'm just saying that they're way more composed defensively. Your thoughts? Yeah, my, my sense of all this is I haven't seen enough. I mean, it's a short, uh, short span that uh, a short sample size that we've seen so far. I mean, it's encouraging because they are playing so well and they look so organized and so composed back there. Um, but you have to do it for 20, 30 games and then, uh, th- then you've got something. But I think the one thing that they've got right now is the template. They know how they have to play and now it's just up to them to go out and execute it because, the, I mean, it's the chicken and the egg story with the goaltending or is the team playing much better defensively in front of the goaltenders and for sure the team is playing much better uh, in front of the goaltenders. They're protecting the weak side of the net, which, you know, in my view, you have to do. And even if you give up high quality chances on the strong side of the net, 
the goalie has to be protected on the on the cross seam, the cross uh, the slot line passes. When you even the goal they gave up the other night was a slot line completed pass uh, to Brat that ended up in the net. But they're doing a much better job in protecting the goalie from the shots he can't save or or shouldn't save or or unlikely to save and uh, that's made a big difference the defense the other thing that i'm seeing is there's a lot of when they're coming out of their zone and uh, they're facing five defenders there's a lot of d to d up the wall in the zone and and that's leading to offensive chances the center supporting that play there's a lot of d to d and up where before the defense weren't as cohesive as they needed to be in terms of working with each other to buy time for the D-to-D passes. And I see that being much uh, executed much more effectively.